what what our stationary world needs is a little nail polish and maybe some <laughs> lipstick. Maybe a piece of jewelry, something that's pretty. Hello, and welcome to the Erasable Podcast. I'm Anna Reinert, and I'm on hosting duty today. It's been five years and 115 episodes, and I'm glad to be back with my favorite co-hosts, Caroline Weaver and Andy Tellerico. Hi, girls. How are you this evening? I'm great. This is Andy checking in from uh, New York City. Happy to be here. Hi, this is Caroline. Um, yeah, this is fun. I love doing this, <laughs> and I love you guys. This is a, Yeah, we got a good crew here tonight. Mm-hmm. Well, um, <laughs> why don't we start off with the tools of the trade? Uh, so, uh, Caroline, what are you watching, reading, listening to, or consuming this evening, or all of the above? Oh, well, um, I've been spending my winter as a hermit, so I've been mostly doing a lot of watching TV and reading and crafts um, and writing letters. Um, which I, um, this is a little embarrassing because I own a stationery shop and I have access to pretty much like every cool thing that exists, but I, um, was just really craving a legal pad the other day mm-hmm. and I looked at Target and there weren't any ones that I liked. So I, I was at the, we have a really good dollar store on Allen street by the shop. It's just like a really good, like basement Chinatown dollar store. And I found a really, really good yellow legal pad and I'm kind of obsessed with it. I've already used half of it. Like in the week that I've had it, um, I've been writing all my letters on yellow legal pad. So apologies in advance to any of my pen pals who usually expect really nice stationery from me. (laughs) You're all getting legal pad letters this week. Um, But I've been using that at home with, actually a Baron Fig Snakes and Ladders Archer from a really long time ago, (laughs) Um, which I love because it's my favorite color combination. I love reds with other shades of red. I think that's like my all-time favorite color combination. Nice. That's a fierce color combo. (laughs) Red on red. My favorite color is like an orangey red. Um, but that like paired with like a burgundy or a darker red is by far my favorite color combo. And I was so excited when I was doing some cleaning a couple months ago that I found a dozen of those that I didn't know I had. So I've been, um, using those on my yellow legal pad and, um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. My cats like to get them though, because they don't have a research or anything on the end. So I have to like put a cap on there so the cats can't get too far with the pencils because they'll just like roll them around my whole apartment until they get stuck like in a floorboard crack and they Mm -hmm. can't get them out. It's really (laughs) annoying. Um, But I, yeah, today it was a really exciting day because I, before I started recording, um, got my first watermelon slush of the season, which comes from this really unassuming like Chinese fruit stand down the street um and it's basically just frozen watermelon in a blender it's so good that's i want one right now yeah like right now give me one (laughs) so good when we first moved over here i i take my lunch break in the park that's a couple blocks away every day when it's warm out and i for like weeks kept seeing people with these like watermelon i and i knew just looking at it it was like a watermelon slush and 
Um, I just kept seeing people with them and I had no idea where they were coming from. And I asked around a little bit and I did some sleuthing and just couldn't figure it out. And then one day I was in this shop just buying something else. And I saw this like handwritten, like dry erase board menu. That's not really even a menu behind the counter. And I asked them about it and that was it. And now I'm hooked and they haven't had any watermelons for the past um, couple of weeks. So it was a big deal. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what I will be consuming for every day until it's winter again. Watermelon sucks every single day. Um, but I've um, been reading a lot too. I think I've read about 20 books this year already, which is a lot for me. Um, but I'm reading Alice Munro for the first time right now. Um, which has been really awesome. I'm reading um, Runaway, which is a book of stories, but I guess all of her books are books of stories. But I um, often keep a list of writers who I've never read, often like really um, classic writers or really highly regarded writers who I've always meant to read but never did, and she was one of them. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm really excited to check this one off the list. It's a really awesome book. I'll definitely be reading more. Um, but I... I think we all have a lot to talk about regarding this, but I spent a whole day last week binging Queer Eye, oh, um, yeah. <laughs> which Absolutely. is the best show on Netflix, in my opinion. Um, and I did order um, a bottle of barbecue sauce after watching that episode, mm -hmm. <laughs> which is not arrived yet because they're having a lot of shipping delays um, because everybody's buying them, which is great. Um, yeah, I d was an impulse. I watched that episode and then immediately went on um, on the Jones Barbecue website and mm -hmm. bought it. If anybody doesn't know what I'm talking about, you need to watch this episode. If you watch just one, I feel like that's the one. It is the best episode, hands down. Yeah. No no argument. It's the best one. But um, yeah, that's kind of all I've got going on, I think. <laughs> so you, this must be season two when they're in Kansas City. Is and it they three? Go, oh, it's three, three. What? Oh, see, I, I have. See, I had never watched Queer Eye, so I started at the beginning, uh, maybe last week, and started watching the the season in Atlanta, and I'm just now watching the season in Kansas City, which is super entertaining for me because I live here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's like everywhere they go, I'm like, oh yeah, I know where they are. I know where they are. I know where they are. And like everybody here was like, like last year would spot them all over town. They're like, oh, I just saw them. They were over at such and such a place. or such. But I had never seen the show. So even if I had run into them, I wouldn't have known it because I hadn't watched the show. Oh, so no. I didn't know who they were. <laughs> so I probably did run into them and just didn't even know it. So it was probably a relief oh. to them that somebody just walked past them on the street and just totally <laughs> ignored them. <laughs> Thank God. Finally, oh, nobody's goodness. fanning all over me. Um, but I am... Uh, yeah, I'm just totally obsessed with it. And it's, yeah, I don't really like reality TV in general because I don't like shows where people are like purposely mean. And, mm -hmm. you know, so Queer Eye is such a refreshing show because they are so incredibly nice to people. Um, You know, and they, they, they treat everyone so nicely. Like even when they're like, oh, don't wear those pants. Don't put those pants on. Oh, oh, not with that shirt. <laughs> they're never like mean about it. They're just like, Oh, I told him not to do that shirt with those pants. <laughs> so I feel anyway. like those personalities are just, they're, they're huge. I would do anything for Jonathan Van Ness. Like I have never met the man. I don't know him personally, but if he needed anything, I would be there for it. That's like, <laughs> just, 
they, they just, they're so loving. They're so giving. It's the opposite of what reality television normally does. Completely. And like every episode, I, I've, I'm, it's almost a joke now that I, I'm like, I'm not going to cry this time. I'm not going to cry. And like, by the end of it, I'm like, I'm all weepy because it's like, somebody says something that's like, you've changed my life. You know, you know, I can't believe, or like somebody's mom will say something like, I can't believe how much he's come out of his shell, you know, and I'm just a complete puddle. (laughs) So yes. So we, I've been watching it as well. Um, But I also just finished watching the Netflix show Umbrella Academy, which is based on a comic book. And it was really, really good. I don't know how closely it followed the comic book because um, it's not a series that I had read, but a friend of mine did. And she was she was like, I can't believe you haven't watched it yet. I can't talk to you until you do. <laughs> and so, was it worth it? Are you going to read the are you going to read the graphic novel now? Oh, absolutely. Um, but the show was really good and I really liked it. And it, they left it like very cliffhanger. So. Now, now I definitely have to read the the graphic novel because I want to know what else is going to happen. And that's like, that's like a sort of sci-fi premise, right? Isn't it about like um, kids born on the same day or same? Yes, um, children who were all born on the same day um, with uh, supernatural gifts, mm-hmm. and they are all uh, then like adopted by a man who like raises them to sort of be like a superhero team. Mm-hmm. That sounds that sounds awesome. That's also like very slightly the beginning part, the premise of a Salman Rushdie novel, and I can't remember which one, but it's basically like Ooh. all these children are born on this day during the, a revolution, and they all have these innate super, like supernatural powers. Um, but from there on, there's nothing else in common with it. But I like that idea. It also like leads well into uh, it lends itself to like astrology, which is a big thing for me. But um, anyway, that sounds Umbrella Academy sounds really awesome. Yeah, it's it, it was really well done, and the the actors who are involved in it are um, people you've seen in other things. So it's kind of it was kind of cool to see them all in these roles. And Netflix has done some so many very interesting projects. It was just kind of cool to see this one. So anyway, so <laughs> that was what that's what I've been watching. Um, uh, I've been I just finished listening to um, the podcast, The Dropout which was about the woman who um, was like a six part series about the woman who like started the company that was supposed to um, be able to um, test people's blood with just like one drop. Do you guys Mm. remember this? Oh, the Elizabeth Holmes. Yes. Elizabeth Holmes. That's her name. And um, so it was like a, it was like a news, uh, like in-depth news reporting story about like how she got started and like how the company like developed and, what a complete fraud the whole thing was. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was super interesting. Um, so I just, it was like yeah. a six part series. So, and there's, uh, there's an HBO doc on that. Is that different than you, you said you listened to the podcast, right? Yeah. This one was okay. done by ABC News and um, was largely based on the, um, the book that was published um, that came from, I think, the Wall Street Journal. Um, expose that was originally written um, that kind of exposed the whole um, fraud piece originally. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but yep. So, um, on a lighter note, <laughs> I'm sitting here drinking a decaf English breakfast tea. Nothing else in it, just tea. <laughs> and um, I've been writing in a uh, Claire Fontaine graph book. 
It's just sort of a plain paper notebook, A6 sized. And I'm using the new Blackwing 811. Very nice. The glowy, the glowy green one. (laughs) It looks so pretty. Ours haven't come yet. And I know. And I, they're, yeah, they haven't come yet. I don't even think they've shipped yet, to be honest. And I'm really excited for them um, more than I happen for a lot of the other ones. And people email me all day, every day about it. So I cannot wait for them to get here because they're beautiful. They, I was so surprised because I, I literally like turned into a like eight year old kid and like put it under a light and then ran into the bathroom so that I could see it glow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's incredible. So how about you, Andy? Um, I feel like we need to say like Lady Andy or something because there's like an Andy already on this show. <laughs> um, you are the only like- Andy on this show. <laughs> Not to uh, like too hardly gender anything, but anyway, I feel like we say Andy and I'm expecting to hear somebody else's voice. Um, For me, I am also watching Queer Eye. I should say I'm like already rewatching it because I'm obsessed. And um, Mm -hmm. I just finished Shrill on Hulu um, with A.D. Bryant. Have you guys heard of that show? I I just heard about it this week. Mm -hmm. It's, um, It's really smart. It's like... It's another it's another show that has you laughing and crying in the same moment sometimes. It's just it's excellent. I've never seen anything like it on TV before. Um, and it's it's just really nice to see representation of different body types in popular media. Um, so I can't recommend Shrill enough. I loved it. Um, also going back to Netflix and their originals, I did Russian Doll recently and just thought that Natasha Leone was like a force of nature to be reckoned with. I loved that as well. Um, which is like the premise of that is that she keeps dying over and over and over again and has to like figure out what's wrong with the way she's living her life to stop that from happening. Um, so it's like Groundhog's Day if it was extremely morbid and dark. <laughs> it's so dark. And so it gets so crazy too. Mm-hmm. I thought like, oh, is this going to just keep happening over and over again? I, I thought in the, after the first two episodes, like this is going to get old really fast. But it takes a weird turn. Yeah, hard left, hard left on that one. Um, So I was watching that. I'm reading. um, So I'm like uh, in the middle of trying to write a biography on a certain writer. So I've only been reading their work. But outside of that, I allow myself occasional books of poetry and um, some like shorter pieces here and there. So I just finished um, the new poetry book, Deaf Republic by Ilya Kaminsky. And um it's just like it's it's everywhere in the poetry world. It's everywhere. Um, like it's the, it's a poetry book that everybody's actually reading. I feel like I haven't seen anything this big since um, Citizen by Claudia Rankine. Uh, and Deaf Republic is just incredible. It's like a, a a series of poems all set around a narrative on this war torn town that could be sort of anywhere in Eastern Europe. Um, and it's just it's like it's just incredible. Uh, and then I also read a book by a friend of mine, um, Lisa Marie Basile, wrote a book called Light Magic for Dark Times. And so I've been sort of thumbing through that for inspiration. Um, as for listening, I've been on to the new Jenny Lewis album. And uh, I recently went to see um, Devochka in concert. And the opening act was this woman named Shilpa Ray. And I'm just obsessed with her. She's incredible. And lastly, consuming, I'm not consuming it now, but I have been drinking Apothic wine. It's like my new favorite cheap red wine. <laughs> um, 
my friend and I do, we do this astrology podcast where we drink a couple glasses of apothic and then talk about astrology, like pop culture, highbrow, lowbrow, sort of nothing in between. So I've been consuming more than more of that than usual, I would say. <laughs> so how long have you been doing an astrology podcast? Oh, only two episodes. So okay. like two and a half weeks. It's very new. It's very fresh. Cool. What's it called? I wasn't going to, I was trying not to like plug for it too hard. Come no, on. I want to listen to it. Yeah, me too. It's so new, but it's called Astro Lushes. Uh, so Lushes, oh like, I love it. Wow. That <laughs> sounds so good. Okay. Awesome. It's fun. Um, yes. On to the next point. <laughs> Anna, take us away. Okay. No, you didn't tell us what you're writing in. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. Okay. Um, well, I'm not plugging for my place of employment, but I have been writing in my uh, Confidant Plus uh, by Baron Fig with the dot grid paper in the charcoal cover. It's my favorite notebook. Um, and I enjoyed it before I even worked for this company several years ago. And I'm using our brass squire. I love brass writing instruments. I like the heft. I like the smell. Um, and so I've been obsessively using... <laughs> My brass squire and then for my pencils i'm actually using these um peony scented uh pencils that i got from caroline's shop and uh i like having them in my room i like using them and i just my cats actually are a little obsessed with the scent of them too but uh that's that's the pencil i'm using i'm actually kind of amused all of us have cats yeah i have two <laughs> and caroline caroline you have two as well right yeah, I have two brothers. Aw. So between the three of us, we have we have eight. <laughs> wow. That's a lot of cats. Oh, man. We'll be lucky I if we like... make it all the way through with no noise. I, they're locked out right now, and they're not happy. Yeah, well, I didn't even bother going home. I, if I was at home, they would have stepped on the keyboard and stopped the recording like eight times by now. I can't. <laughs> I'm at home. I have a bit work. <laughs> okay, so we're on to fresh points. Mm -hmm. um, Andy, would you like to start? Oh, sure. I was just going to talk about um, some of our our up and coming Baron Fig uh, things that are happening. Um, not to like plug too hard, but they do employ me, and that's why I was invited here. So. <laughs> um, uh, I'm really excited. We just released uh, our our latest guided journal. It's called Grow. Um, and it's like a daily habit journal. And for me, because I've been a journaler my whole life, I never thought that I would want something to like tell me what to do. I'm a little defensive about that. But um, Grow has like a whole section on different types of recording techniques and why different recording techniques work for different people and for different situations. And I've actually really been enjoying it. Um, and beyond that, so that was our like newest release. We have um, we have sort of a really large and new project that we're debuting in late April that I'm helping out with. That includes, um, I'll say, a brief and temporary physical space in New York. Um, so yeah, we're I'm getting ready to, you know, do the launch party for that and invite all of our dear friends, including you guys, to to an opening. Very exciting. Awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we are, we're 
we're we're looking at our we're finalizing everything around uh, a pop up in Nomad. Hmm. Very exciting. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, so those are my fresh points. Uh, what about what about you guys? I feel like Anna, you have you've had a whole lot going on. Well, every year I do a lot of traveling around, um, going to various pen shows. And um, so I've already gone to the L.A. pen show and the I just got back from the Arkansas show. Um, and I know it sounds like totally insane that I go to Arkansas. Like for you guys out on the East Coast, you're like, Arkansas? <laughs> what the heck is that? But for me, it's it's sort of directly south of me. Um, by about six hours. It's like south and a little bit to the east. Um, so it's not like a super far trip. You know, I am in like absolute flyover country here in Kansas City. I'm directly in the middle of the map. Um, but uh, um, the one thing about the Arkansas show is it's in Little Rock, um, which is the capital of Arkansas, but it's also where Van Ness Pen Shop is. And it has been in business since 1938. And it's one of the biggest pen shops in the country. So it's one of those places that if you have an excuse to go to mm-hmm. Little Rock, you go. <laughs> because there's no, I've never been to a pen shop that is as big. Like, you know, even Fountain Pen Hospital in New York is like not as big. Like the Anderson shop in Appleton is not as big. So it's like being able to go there and actually like see everything and all the, like they have big tables in their store (coughs) and like all the, the notebooks and the paper. And then they even have like some like vintage displays and like old signage and stuff. So it's just like, it's so cool. They just have an excuse to be like, heck there's a show. So I have a reason to be there for two or three days. And then they have like an open house um, on Friday night and then they do like a like a potluck kind of thing where the, they have food and free drinks and everything so people like wander through and I I help Vanessa at various pen shows anyway so I know the um, Lisa and Mike really well so they're completely like they basically are like sure you can come you're gonna work on Friday night at the open house and I'm like okay so it's like the one day all year that I actually work at the pen shop so it's kind of fun. So like customers will come in and they're like, oh, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see this pen. And I'm like, OK, I'll look in the back and see if I can find it. I have no idea where anything is. I know lots about <laughs> them. I just have no idea where anything is stocked. <laughs> but it's really fun. And it's I had a great time. And now like a week from. Well, yeah, it's like a next Wednesday I leave or Thursday I leave for Atlanta for the Atlanta pen show. So I just mm-hmm. I travel a lot this time of year. Um, But yeah, so my fresh points are basically not really fresh. It's just more of the same. (laughs) But I did, while I was in um, Arkansas, I did get this really cool notebook called um, Nuna, N-U-U-N-A. It was called the Inspiration Book. And like every single page has like, it looks like, like almost like sunset, sunrise printed on each page. They are so beautiful. And I was like, I could not believe, like, again, like, there I was in Arkansas, and I found this thing that, like, is absolutely stunning. It came from Europe. Um, Just amazing. And, like, everybody who saw it, and I, like, actually put a video up on Instagram of, like, flipping through the pages, and people, like, somebody came up to me at my table at the pen show, and they're like, are you selling these? And I'm like, no, I got it from Lisa Van Ness, and I bought the last one. (laughs) 
Wow. Is it like, do you know if it's a new company or is it like an older one that we, we haven't heard of? I don't, I don't think that they're like really new, but I don't think that it's been around for like 50 years or anything. I think they're probably like three or four years old. Okay. Yeah, they've been around for just a couple of years. I remember when they first um, came out and I tried to bring them in, but they weren't really distributing to the U.S. and it was just too expensive. Um, and since then, I've seen them at lots of shows. They, I think that they've been doing really well and getting their stuff into a lot of cool shops. They have beautiful notebooks. Mm. Yeah, really, really cool. So like everybody that I've shown the notebooks to is like, where can I get one? And they when I looked on their website, they also have one that has like cloudscapes on it. Uh, so yeah, they're just like, no, I have to get a hold of more of these. They're so cool. I'm like trying not to Google while I'm on <laughs> recording with you guys. I, I, I want to see them. We'll uh, definitely I, put a link up for people <laughs> in the show notes so they can see them. But yeah, so that's my fresh point. How about you, Caroline? Um, well, it's quiet season at the pencil shop, which is uh, kind of nice before summer hits and things get a little crazy. Um, because believe it or not, we're already kind of planning for back to school season because for some people that starts in July. But um, tomorrow's baseball opening day, which we're really excited about. We are, I guess by the time this comes out, you will have already seen it. Um, we are working with, we bought from, um, this guy who emailed me a few months ago, these beautiful scorecards that he makes and we're selling them like in a bundle with our pencils and a baseball cap that we had made. Um, that's so cute. It's like pencil yellow. It's just like a regular baseball cap. It's pencil yellow and in um, red embroidery on the front, it says CW pencils in the same typeface we use on our, um, on our baseball scoring pencil. And then on the back above the, like the ponytail loop, it says it just, has a number two on it. They're adorable. Wow. That sounds awesome. Yeah, really. So that makes me want to like sports. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Go sports I really, balls. <laughs> I love an excuse to like make a product like that because that's not something that we can sell regularly. Like I would love to sell something like that, but it just is we turn into we turn into like a souvenir shop if we're selling too much stuff like that. So I just mm -hmm. can't. I love an excuse to make a hat. Um so we're really excited about that. But um, I've been doing a lot of letter writing lately and um, recently cleaned out my whole desk, which is not that big, my desk at home, and organized all my stationery because I haven't been allowed to buy stationery for about two years now because I told myself I had to work through what I had before I could buy more. And that doesn't really work, especially because I get so many samples at work. I'm just bringing home samples of things all the time. Um, and I was surprised to find that I didn't have as much as I thought I did. I have like probably like 10 years worth of envelopes, but no paper, which is what led me to a dollar store legal pad. Um, and I, um, have been kind of, I guess, working through all of this with Alex, who you guys know, she works here with me at the pencil shop and Courtney Cochran, who, um, works for Hester and Cook and, Rhea, who is our letter writing friend who hosts the New York City Letter Writer Society meetings here with us in the shop. And we've all been just like writing each other letters just to complain about how hard it is to not buy stationery because we're all trying to do the same thing. Um, it's really hard. And I really think we've just been writing to each other so much because it's also a reason to use up the stationery. Um, it's a kind of vicious cycle, but 
it's felt really, I felt really good just kind of like working through all of it. And it's made me want to write more now that it's all organized and my desk is nice and I know how much I have and I am committed to just using it and being creative with the random size envelopes that I've acquired. Um, but my other thing that I have an issue hoarding is postage stamps because I love collecting them and um, I keep them all in like a binder and I have a separate scrapbook where I put like one of each that I really like so that they're there forever and I don't have to worry about using them all. I get like super crazy about it, but um, I don't know if you guys have seen that there's some really awesome stamp releases this year coming up. Um, do you guys pay attention to postage stamps at all? Absolutely. I see quite a bit of them. I don't know about upcoming releases, but I think I've seen most of the releases from this year so far. Mm. I am obsessed with it. And in January, I always check. There's this website called stampnewsnow.com. And it's just this like super nerdy stamp website. And they do a good job of updating and like keeping lists of all the upcoming ones with information about them and when they come out and where the ceremony is going to be. Um, and yeah, there's some really good ones. It's a great year for stamps. Um, in a couple of weeks, there's going to be a sheet of, um, post office murals, mm. um, that were all painted during the great depression and they're really beautiful. And there's, um, an, an amazing Ellsworth Kelly sheet coming out in May, which I think is the one that a lot of people have seen because there were a lot of things on the internet about it. There's a military working or a working military dogs. She, there's a great Halloween oh. one. Oh, there's so many good ones. Um, there's a Woodstock one. I'm really excited. So I'm, yeah, more the, um, I guess, yeah, more the reason to write more letters so I can use more stamps. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I got really excited about this stuff. I, if you purchase your stamps um, through the USPS.com website, like you buy them online, then you get on the mailing list for the philatelic catalog and then yeah then they just send you the catalog so you basically get your stamp porn in the mail oh wow okay i buy stamps online for work all the time i need to i need to utilize that absolutely then they yeah they just send you the catalog and then you're like oh these are the new stamps that are coming out (laughs) yeah we like make a group decision when it's time to buy stamps we go on and we each like pick out the sheet that that we're into it's like oh we're Oh, we're using Jay stamps today, you know? <laughs> yeah, the Ellsworth Kelly are amazing. Mm-hmm. My husband and I went through the, we went through the catalog like little kids going through the, the you know, used to go through the Sears Christmas catalog. Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> so, anyways. So, shall we move on to our main topic? Which yeah. is more like a bunch of little mini topics. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to the main mini topics. Sure. <laughs> So we decided that we were going to take a bunch of mini topics and, um, and play around with them. So the first thing on our list um, was um, I was going to start off by asking a bit about um, Caroline's book club and find out how that was going. Oh, yeah. We, um, so for anyone who doesn't know, we have a book club here at the shop and we also have an email list for people who don't live in New York. Um, it's called the Orchard Street Reading Society and um, it happens only every other month. We do it that way just so people have plenty of time to read the book because yeah some people have strict reading agendas and other people take a little longer so we 
We only do it every other month. And to be honest, we really just do it purely for ourselves because Alex and I were talking when we opened the shop and had space to actually do stuff like this and decided that we had always wanted a book club of our own. So we just kind of did it um, and use the shop as a platform for it. But um, we try really hard to not just read new releases to pick older books and to pick books of different genres um, so that we're not just reading the same thing all the time. And she and I pick all the books or anybody else who works here at the shop. We just kind of talk about it and just pick them ourselves um, and we buy them and make little packs. We do like a pencil pairing and we have lots of fun swag with like postcards and bookmarks and membership pins and membership cards. And so we make these little like book club packs that people can buy with whatever we're currently reading. Um, and it's been a lot of fun. We've been doing it long enough now that we kind of have like a core group of people who always come. And then like maybe like 25% of the people who come are new. It's a really nice balance. Um, and we just sit around the big table in the middle of the shop and just talk. And we always have really, really specific snacks depending on what we've just read. Um, we get really <laughs> crazy about like planning the drinks and the snacks. And um, if we can, we try to plan an activity or a craft or something related so that we're like not just sitting there and talking about the books so we're like doing something um, also because some people just don't, feel comfortable talking about it or they don't, they just don't want to. It's, um, I personally feel a little bit anxious talking about something that I've read and expressing an opinion about it or analyzing it. I just don't feel comfortable. So it's, yeah, we try to make it just like a really nice community environment where we can just, I like to say that we're celebrating a book, not necessarily discussing it. Hmm. So what do you have many... coming up next? Sorry. It's oh, okay. <laughs> so I really want to know were, <laughs> we're in the middle of reading Mrs. Dalloway by Virginia Woolf, which um, we will be meeting for on May 1st. Um, and yeah, that's, that's one that kind of came from my personal reading list of writers I'd never read. I realized in January I had never read Virginia Woolf, which mm. was surprising to me. I <laughs> kind of, I don't know why I never read her in school and I just, have never had. So I read the waves and I posted it on my, on my personal Instagram and my stories. And so many people who I don't know DM'd me and told me to read Mrs. Dalloway next. And so I found a really good used copy from, um, from the seventies somewhere nearby. And Alex and I were talking about it and decided to pick that because either we figured that either everybody else is like me and they just kind of never got around to it or they hadn't read it for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we're doing doing a classic this time. Cool. First so how many, all, I, sorry, go ahead. That's okay. Go ahead, Anna. I was gonna say, how many people normally attend? There's, it's usually about there's usually about twelve of us. It's a really manageable number. That's great. Like too many people, and it's sort of too scattered to have like a decent conversation. To be honest, I've been in book clubs where there's been like twenty people attending, and it's like okay enthusiasm is good but it's hard for anybody to like get a point across when you get to too large of a crowd discussing books I think yeah. um yeah. I was just gonna say that Mrs. Dalloway is a personal favorite of mine and I also adore the book and the movie The Hours by Michael Cunningham and so last time I wanted to do which is like it's an homage basically to Mrs. Dalloway um and so the last time I reread the book I read it um 
and then reread the hours and then watched the movie. I had like like a two-week session of diving into those characters in that book all by myself. Mm-hmm. I should have done that as a book club, but I did that as like yeah. Andy, being Andy. And, um, <laughs> uh, I just can't recommend it enough. If you have time before you meet, you should try to, if you're interested, like do a rewatch of the hours and do like a compare contrast, see what he did with it. Yeah, that's what we were. We're due to send kind of like a check-in email next week. And that's what we are going to suggest everybody do for extra credit points. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so good. I mean, all the characters are reading Mrs. Dalloway or, you know, are in some way directly connected. Anyway, um, that's a that's a good pick. Very cool. Do you think you'll attend, Andy? Um, I have not attended yet. I would like to. I should. Um, I... Uh, I also am part of a, I'm part of two different book clubs, wow. <laughs> friend book clubs, and I run a poetry reading series. Well, it's a multi-genre reading series um, every other month. And those, those activities keep me, um, I don't know, they keep me a little bit too busy sometimes, but I love the sound of Caroline's Club and the fact that it's like interactive and um, I like that it's a celebration rather than like an analysis that just sounds really welcoming and like not most book clubs that I know. Very cool. Yeah, we try to keep it comfortable. And it's, it's a nice group of people. It's funny. It's been a good outlet to like just meet new people too. I've made some friends through our book club. And mm. one, the woman who came for the first time, their last book we read, um, All You Can Ever Know by Nicole Chung, which is a memoir that came out fairly recently. And it was great. And we had a woman come and she emailed Alex and I the next day and invited us over for pie. So we went to her apartment yesterday morning and had like a lovely pie breakfast with her. Um, it's, um, yeah, it's oh, nice. Well. <laughs> a lot of people. For, like for selfish reasons, I like doing it because I feel like it's a good excuse to kind of get to like, I guess, foster my own community and I love it. But, That's really cool. Yeah. So our next mini topic is, are there other products that you really love things other than uh, stationery or pencils or paper products that you guys want to talk about? I'd, I'd love to hear your perspective on that, Anna, actually. Okay. Well, there's a couple things um, that um, people probably may suspect, but I will, uh, I'll come clean. Um, <laughs> I have a, um, I have a secret love of cosmetics. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and it's, I don't have like an excessive amount, but I, it's one of those things that I like, I sort of love. Can I, can I say, I feel like it's related because I sort of feel like cosmetics can be like stationary for your face. They kind of, yeah. (laughs) Wow. Never thought of it that way. (laughs) Sorry to interrupt. No, no, it is. It is. It's, I mean, in the same way that like, you know, like just like the like adding the the little bit of color the little bit of of pizzazz like stickers you know <laughs> like <laughs> just a little something and it is it's it's you know it's, it's adding something that's a little bit special making you feel special making other people feel special can you like what brought you to liking or loving cosmetics where was the genesis of that for you and honestly i think it's it's one of those things that it took me a really long time cuz like when i was like younger I was a like when I was a little like little kid I was very much a tomboy um you know didn't like I was not a girly girl as a kid Mm -hmm. and even through high school and stuff I wasn't but I think as I've gotten older 
it's one of those things where it's also making me feel like finished. Like I don't like going out. I won't, I will, you will never see me go out in public in like sweatpants or yoga pants or anything. (laughs) I'm one of those people who like, I am not that kind of person. Like my hair is usually done. I have lipstick on. Like I just like, it's just a thing. (laughs) I admire that. I just not me, but I admire that so much. Um, yeah. yeah. So, so you do link love because because a of part, that. Yeah. Well, partly it was like, you know, um, people were posting like a lot, like a lot of the other like pen and pencil related blogs would have like the like everyday carry things where they would put like the knives and the like, like large leather c- cases and things like that. And it was like very masculine and very dude. And yes. I was like, and I was Correct. like, you know what? <laughs> I, I was like, you know, those what what our stationary world needs is a little nail polish and maybe some <sighs> lipstick maybe a piece of jewelry something that's pretty mm. and so that like so uh, occasionally like when i like i did link love like every friday for like 3 years when i finally kind of hit link love burnout like it was just a, i did a, a lot <laughs> so now i do it about once a month mm. just because it's like it was just a, a bit too much i have um, to say like I dive into those emails. When I say link love, I follow I like follow those links. It's or, just I mean, good content. Not link love. I'm uh, my uh, fashionable Friday. I'm sorry. That's what I mean. My fashionable Fridays. Oh, okay. Um, but like on fashionable Fridays, like I would, I did them every week for like, I think three or four years. So there's like, hun- there's still, there are hundreds of them that still exist on my site where it was like, it would have like pictures of like stationary products, but then it would also have like other things. It would have shoes, it would have handbags, it would have nail polish or something like that. But yeah, Link Love, no, I still do that every week. And this mm-hmm. week it's going to be late because I did two podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> That's understandable. You're allowed. But yeah, and then my, probably the other thing that I really love is um, I knit. But oh, Caroline yeah. knows that. Yeah. Still waiting for our um, our knitting trip. Alex and I are going to find us a house. We're going to do it. Oh, that would be so much fun. So, What is this you're discussing? Yeah. Knitting. I have been knitting for uh, probably 10 years, maybe longer. Much, probably longer than 10 years. How long have That's- you been knitting, Caroline? Um... Since high school, I had a knitting club. I started a knitting club in my high school. Um, so I guess that's been, oh, yeah, a little over 10 years. I'm not as good of a knitter as you are, though. You are a very, very, very expert knitter. And I'm not as good as Laura, who writes for my blog, who, like, she actually edits knitting patterns for other people. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, so she's, like, wow. beyond. Yeah, that's legit. That's totally legit. I just follow other people's patterns and then ask Laura when I don't understand something. <laughs> I feel left out. I don't knit you guys. I'm really sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I think you do other things. I, yeah, I do other things. Um, uh, you know, like witchy things, I guess, would be the easiest way to say it. I'm a, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't knit, but I can like read your tarot cards, um, which is something that I've been into since I was a kid and I've grown up around and... Yeah, so I'm not really, I'm crafty in the other way, in the other meaning of crafty. I think that's an awesome kind of crafty. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I can conjure up a sweater. What can you conjure up? (laughs) Uh, um, 
an analysis of the you know the stars where they were like the at the time and place that you were born on earth and and how it can help you lead to like a better understanding of who you are as a person i think that's awesome i'd rather have a sweater (laughs) (laughs) sweater sounds cooler so how did you come into all of that um partly it was just you know, interest as a kid, I was really into reading and I had a really active imagination and um, liked reading about anything that had to do with uh, witches or the occult um, that wasn't like too scary dark, I guess. But um, also um, I'm Italian American and uh, the the word for witch in Italian is strega. And uh, there's like a, a rich, very rich cultural history of uh, women who like even though they were practicing, you know, most most likely Catholicism and uh, probably living in a very patriarchal society were like within their homes doing this powerful work um, that was like kitchen magic and folk magic. And that is um, part of my personal history and my family. And um, so I've kind of been, I was naturally attracted to it and then found out later in life that it's part of my history and started really applying myself to the study of it and the practice of it. And so I spent a lot of my time in New York with, uh, with other witches. And, um, that's like, that's sort of my little niche. That's my place that I occupy outside of stationary and writing and reading. Those are all the, the spheres that I sort of exist in, but I'm not like, you know, I'm, I'm here as part of Baron Fig. I'm not like the work witch. I'm not like resident witch. Um, and I didn't have anything to do with our new Oracle pencils that are like based in tarot. That was all uh, one of our designers, Chandler, who was just like, I like this theme. And I was like, you probably should. You should go for that. That's awesome. But strangely coincidental, right? <laughs> definitely. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, is this disrespectful? And I was, I was like, well, what are you going to No, What are you going to do with it? It's, it's okay. No more so than a magic eight ball. Exactly. And that's like, I think the answers on the pencil even reflect the magic eight ball sort of like answers to things too, to keep it as like light and, um, you know, unintrusive and unoffensive as possible so that anybody can have fun with it. You have to like really, really, really be horrified by any type of fortune telling. Like if you can't handle the Oracle pencil, you can't handle like the fortune cookie in your Chinese food. It's it's harmless. It's very very playful. (laughs) Um, one of the products that uh, we include as part of like the Skylab letterpress um, canon, I guess, that we sell like um, when we have a table um, is a letterpress print that says not today, Satan. <laughs> and we do have people who get very, very offended by it. Really? Um, and we, I had a table at the Arkansas Pen Show and this is getting into territory where people can get offended by things like this. And uh, last year we, you know, we had that up and one of the, um, the organizers of the show came by and he took all my prints and he turned them around. So they were facing backwards so you couldn't see it. And um, one of the other guys from the Arkansas pen club was like, why are all these turned around backwards? And I didn't realize it because I was standing behind the table. I didn't realize they had been turned around backwards. And I'm like, oh, that was so-and-so. And he's like, oh, really? And I said, yeah, I guess he was offended by them. And he's like, I'll take three of them. Oh, nice. <laughs> he's I, like, I'll be sure to hang those up when he comes over. Oh, my goodness. I don't mean to sound thick, but, like, 
I, what's offensive? That That's like against Satan. Yes. I, <laughs> I, I don't know, but the, um, the funny thing about it is that, um, uh, the, the designer and like the office manager who works at Skylab, Michelle, um, They've sold the not to say Satan prints have sold so well that she made she made an, a new one that says yes today Satan and she was like she's like do you want me to pack some of those for you to take and I'm like not to Arkansas those will not go over well that's incredible so those are available on our Etsy site though in case anyone's interested awesome and those those are a little off color we get we know that. Oh boy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, um, what about, um, Caroline, so you knit, you listed knitting, but what else? I feel like there are like more things that you are also like, you have like your sticker room other than like, I have a lot of obsessions. (laughs) Um, I kind of on collecting obsessions, I think. Um, most of which turn into actual collections. It's really bad. Um, yeah, it's really bad. I'm really grateful that I found Alex because not only are we coworkers, but we also like all the same stuff and do basically all the same hobbies and I guess have the same values when it comes to basically anything that we buy and consume. Um, so much so that my, she invited my boyfriend over for, I think probably something college basketball related because they're both really into that. And he, without me, I wasn't there. And she, he went over to her apartment and the first thing he said was, wow, you and Caroline have a lot of the same stuff. And it's true. Um, It's bad though. We both spend a lot of time trying to justify purchases for the other person. And we're both very into skincare products, um, which is dangerous. Um, Yeah. We're both into, finding the most, yeah, the most natural, sustainable, effective, minimal skincare products we can find. Um, So we're always talking about it. What face masks we're using, what hand creams we're using, which lip balms we're using. Neither of us wear makeup. So it's, this is it for us as far as like cosmetic products go. Um, Yeah. Those eyelashes are natural. Ugh, I hate you. (laughs) My eyelashes? No, my eyelashes are extensions. They are fake. Um, They're, I mean, that's my one like true addiction when it comes to consumerism and vanity are these fake eyelashes. I um, have been, I don't think I've seen my regular natural lashes for about, about seven years. It's been a long time, um, but that's like the one thing that I do. I The reason why I don't wear a lot of makeup is because I'm allergic to a lot of it, mm-hmm. um, or I have intolerances to ingredients that are in it, and mascara is like a big one that I really can't touch it. So I started doing the eyelash extensions because of that, and I just got hooked. So if anyone's curious about it, only try it if you are ready to fall in love with it and maintain it because once you do it, you can't really stop. Mm. Um, yeah. How often do you have to get it touched up? Um, I go every three weeks. Um, for most people, it's between three to five weeks, depending on, um, depending on how fast your natural eyelash growth cycle is and how well you maintain them. 
I'm a little obsessive and I really like Holly who does them for me. So I go and do short sessions every three weeks. Hmm. Um, but it's very relaxing. You like lie down on a massage table and we chat for a while and she's just working, working on my eyes. And I usually just fall asleep and take a nap. It's nice. I really enjoy that hour every three weeks. Um, but that's my, my one big vanity thing. Um, and I'm never giving it up. I'm just not, I love it. Good for you. Yeah. I do a lot on my one thing, but beyond that, I spend a lot of time at work talking about, um, tea and skincare products. Yeah. I have a lot of, I mean, I could probably write like, I could probably write a book on products that I recommend and products that I love. Um, that actually leads us into your other subscription service. Oh yes. My other subscription service, which is a quarter lip balm subscription service born out of actually, I feel like I'm just talking about Alex. People probably think I'm like obsessed with her. We're just really close, but, um, (laughs) let me, let me just, let me just preface this. So the people, people who are not familiar with this was maybe, was it last week you posted that, um, on your Twitter that you should start a subscription service for all the other things that you're interested in, which is kind of how all of this got started. Yes. Um, That people were started like saying, yes, 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 Carolyn, you should do a subscription service for like all of the other things that you recommend to people and that people would totally subscribe to it. Uh This is where this all got started. So we were having a lot of things to recommend and I got so many replies to that tweet. That was like almost two weeks ago. And I'm still getting tons of replies from people telling me that I should do um, a favorite things box or a subscription, um, which is crazy. I'm so like blown away by that. But yeah, so there, um, this, yeah, lip balm. Lip balm, I think is a really important thing because it's a thing that people don't pay attention to and they collect a lot of them. And Alex and I talked about this a lot for a very long time and both did a thing where we tracked down all the lip balms in our houses, in our pockets, in our bags, like all of them, um, and ordered them oldest to newest and worked our way through them one by one, oldest to newest. Um, and we were only allowed to use one at a time until they were all done. Wow. And so now we both made it through all of our old lip balms and we're both only allowed to buy one at a time until we use it up and then we're allowed to select another one. So it's it's nice because it means that when I come home from work, I actually like empty out my bag and make sure I know where all my stuff is because I can't lose my one lip balm, I only have one. Um, <laughs> yeah, and so it's it's been fun because she and I just spend so much time like debating like which ones we're gonna try next. And it's also like not that important of a product that I feel like we'll ever find one that we love enough to only use the same one for the rest of our lives. It's yeah, it's really fun. We buy each other lip balms when we're traveling. We have like our own little like lip balm club, the two of us. Yes. So um, a subscription service that is quarterly because for me, at least that's about how often I need a new one. Maybe, maybe a little sooner than that. A quarterly subscription service, one lip balm for all of the other lip balm minimalists like myself and Alex. That's awesome. I feel like I've been using the same lip balm for like a year and a half. I use it every single day, one time in the morning when I leave my house and that's it. I don't use it the rest of the day. Are you like applying all day long? Yeah. Oh yeah, I do. But I think like I've read a lot of things about this. I think 
that first of all, lip balm addiction is a real thing that you can like mm-hmm. get like addicted to applying lip balm. I don't mm-hmm. think I'm there yet, but um, it's a thing that like the more you do it, the more your skin needs it. So if you do really only do it once a day, like your skin adjusts to that and it knows that. Um, whereas me, like, I guess my lips are just dry all the time because I'm, they're so used to being like constantly slathered with things. Um, yeah. And and like, don't get me wrong. I can't, I can't like start my day without applying the lip balm. It's like, if I leave the house and it's not on, I mean, I have it with me, but I'm like, oh my God, what's wrong? There's something wrong. Like it's like, it's as essential to me as like brushing my teeth in the morning. It's that part. But like, I only do it that one time. And then the rest of the day, I don't even think about it. So anyway, my point is that like, I've literally been using the same, uh, you know, what's the little round guy, the little, uh, ASOS. Yeah. The EOS ones. EOS. That's it. There we go. That's the right word. I've been using that for like probably a solid year and a half. Wow. It's amazing that you haven't lost it. (laughs) Throughout the day, you wouldn't lose it. So Caroline, what else would be in your subscription services? Your many, many subscription services. Well, there, um, there would be a T one, of course. Um, I would probably, I would also like to have maybe, I don't know, trying to think of my other, my other interests, a bike accessories one, I think would be cool because there are a lot of really useful accessories for bikes, like things like you can get these cool, like leather, like wine, like wine bottle holsters and like (laughs) stuff like that, that I could never justify just like buying for myself, but I would use if I had it bike accessories would be really good. Um, or there's so many, like I, the other thing too, that I have a hard time finding because I've tried to gift this to somebody like a face mask, like a face mask of the month subscription. <laughs> or like, it's just one mask. Like I don't want 10 of them. I want to be able to use my own products. I just want like one every month that's new that I've never heard of. Like just a tiny, tiny, just like envelope. But if it's a sheet mask, I'm assuming, yep. um, or like a tiny, tiny little like container and a tiny bubble mailer or a box that's just like a single use face mask. I would think that would bring me a lot of joy just to have like a surprise face mask. And it probably wouldn't be very expensive either. Um, yeah, I would do one like that for really just lip balms, hand creams, and face masks. Those, I feel like those are the products that like bring me the most joy on a daily basis that I would use the most if we're talking like skincare and cosmetic products. Um, yeah, or like a, well, I don't know. A stick like a sticker one too that's like one sheet of stickers i love subscriptions but i think that the like the problem with subscriptions is that it just encourages people to be hoarders and i don't want to be that person i don't want to make anyone else be that person so i wish there were more subscriptions for like really pleasurable and i hate to use this term kind of like self-care related items that where it was like only one of something mm-hmm. yeah so it's not expensive. It's just like a nice thing. It's easy for fulfillment because, of course, I think of that because that's what I do for a living. Um, you just pop it in an envelope and put a stamp on it. Yeah. But um, just like tiny things that bring joy. Those to are great ideas. Crazy. Um, but, yeah, tea. I would love a tea one that's not like – because all the tea ones, like they give you like – boxes of tea and it's expensive. I know I don't want like that much of one tea what if I don't like it I know I want, I want like two tea. or three cups I want like two or three cups of it and that's all I need I don't I don't need like a year's supply of like yeah. a loose herbal tea 
And then if I like it, I'll buy more of it, but I don't need, I don't need a ton of it, but um, yeah, that would be really good. Or the other product that I don't know if I've talked about this on a podcast before, maybe not. Um, the other product that I really love that I would buy frequently because I feel like I need a lot of them are um, these Imabari face towels that are like tiny towels that are square. They're really little and they have like a seam in the middle. So they fold in half to be like, it's a rectangle that folds into a perfect square and they have mm-hmm. on them and they're, um, they're Imabari towels. So they're from a particular region in Japan where I think there's something about the water, like makes the cotton extra soft when they're like milling the cotton to make these towels. Um, it's a thing, these Imabari towels and they make these tiny ones that are meant specifically for face sweat. And they're a lifesaver in the summer in New York City, having this like adorable tiny towel just in my bag. Um, I would really appreciate like an Imabari towel subscription in the summer, just for the summer, like a new one every month. So that eventually I have one to get me through like two weeks of laundry without having to wash them. That's really good. (laughs) That's a a good one. I'm like, I want one right now as you're saying it. I feel a little grimy. I feel grimy just hearing about how clean that towel is. They're amazing. And as a bike rider, like I, if I I ride my bike everywhere in the summer and if I'm going to like a nice restaurant or something, I feel, I feel gross just like getting off my bike, like sweaty and got like walking into a restaurant. So I keep Mm -hmm. my tiny towels. They sell them at um, Top Hat, which is a shop on um, Broom Street, just off of Orchard right by us and they're like they're they're like ten dollars i think last summer every time i went there i bought one just because it was a nice little like cheap thrill that made me really happy um but yeah exotic towels that would be a good subscription exotic specific (laughs) towels i've got a lot of those in my life um anyway i need to stop talking i really have too many things that i like they're all good but while we're good while we're on the topic of good things what about um, possible products that might be released from CW or Baron Fig or heck, even the well-appointed desk or Skylab at some point? Maybe dream products or things that you've made up in your head that that you might make or could be <laughs> making. Hey, maybe you are already making them. I know that uh, Andy, like Baron Fig has been like the grow journal, the dream journal, your habit trackers, but you know, where's the box wine diary? Um, Where's your, where's your road trip bathroom rating book? What's next? Come on. Is there a public pencil sharpening guide book? Come on. I mean, I feel like, first of all, that last one is Caroline's territory for sure. Um, If you want a box wine diary, I'm really like, I'm really here for that. I can make that my personal Baron Fig project. <laughs> I can tell you about the, the the low end and the high end. There are high end box wines out there. Um, I have. You know, we're some. ready to like. <laughs> our, I mean, our color is fig wine. Like, you know, part of our our color scheme. So I think we should just really we should just really ride it through to its end. I, I really <laughs> think we're ready for it. Wait, can I can I ask for a second, Andy? What's your favorite box wine? <laughs> Oh my gosh, the black box. Have you ever had it? Oh it's yeah, like, those ones are good. It's it really is. And I was like, I didn't want to like it, you guys. Like I, I was not I did not go in with an open mind. Um, but then I was lectured about how um actually box wine, believe it or not, is like uh stays fresher than corks. Um, how corkage is like a real problem 
um, it's hard to naturally cultivate it and it's really porous. And so when you like stop your wine, you know, up with like a cork and leave it out for a day or two, it's going to turn into basically like vinegar. Um, whereas boxed wine has that like spout that goes off and on. And so I really love, I love the black box, but I also don't consume like a ton of box wine to be fair, but I'm here for it. If we're ready to like release the guided journal to box wine. <laughs> so maybe there's a, a, another like Baron Fig CW, uh, collaborative project for the public pencil sharpener guidebook. Oh, yeah. I don't honestly, I don't know if, where are their public pencil sharpeners maybe <laughs> i need to install them maybe i need to like get a bunch of the vintage wall mount ones and just like go around with my like drill get a good masonry drill bit and just drill them into people's walls i mean that could be its own project in and of itself i could just I follow you around with a camera <laughs> wow this where will really she fun. install <laughs> gorilla sharpener installing yes exactly wow. it's the, our, our next mashup yeah, I can't tell you the number of times I've like emergency needed a pencil sharpener and haven't had one. This happened when I was at the National Stationery Show this year. I forgot to pack a sharpener. And you'd think of all places they would just have installed a couple old Boston sharpeners somewhere yeah. that people could use. And I didn't. I just had to take a lot of samples of new pencils so I could just keep using a new pencil. That was pre-sharpened. I left with like ten new pencils. And they were probably <laughs> they were probably bad paper wrap pencils anyway. Not all of them are bad, actually. Um, I stuck them. I had one in my ponytail. I like to keep, uh, when I'm like in real like business lady mode, I like to keep a pencil in my ponytail. And every time I went to someone's booth who had their pencils, they were like offended that I didn't have their pencil in my ponytail. So they'd like swap them for me. Um, so I got a lot of good ponytail pencils. I'm picturing um, you leaving like like peacocking with pencils, just like a full oh, yeah. array, sand out. Uh, I should have left them all in there at the same time. That would have been a really good look. That's a power move, too. Yeah. Next time. I'll just there's stick a, them all together. There's a picture of me on Instagram like that with, like, 14 pencils in my hair. <laughs> I love it. It was like a crown. It was lovely. So, all right, Caroline, you were mentioning that the start of baseball season and you've got baseball scoring pencils, but where's, like, the Knitter's Project Pencil? Well, that's a really good question. I think that's a thing that should exist. Um, we're just, I, this is what's going to happen. I'm just going to start making specific pencils that are purely tailored to my personal hobbies. Um, it's going to end up being a confusing collection, but Knitter's Project Pencil would be next, totally. Um, what what kind of um, core would you want in that, do you think? Mm, I don't know. I'm trying to think what would be the best core for a Knitter's Project Pencil. What is needed for like a knitter's project as a as a non knitter, but as a pencil user, what what uh, what tools do you need from a pencil? Like, how would it work? I don't well, know that it needs to be anything super specific. Honestly, <laughs> I don't know. I would love it if they could come in. So here's the deal: they come in pairs in different diameters and. They're made out of something, a type of wood or another material. Maybe they're co-extruded with another material so that they're not splintery so that they can double as um, as knitting needles. Oh, or better yet, instead of a ferrule and an eraser, it has a crochet hook. That's a great idea. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So At that the you end, can your end and do whatever you need to do with your crochet hook. Yeah, the end so you can pick up stitches if you need to. I think that's a yeah. great idea. 
Yes. Okay. So that's the knitting pencil. It has a yep. crochet hook instead of an eraser. Perfect. Great. We did it. Okay. I'll get working on that. I wonder, <laughs> I wonder who I have to bribe to find a manufacturer who will make that for me. Yeah. Cause it's could still be made out of wood. It just has to be polished on the end. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. And it has to be, yeah. How do we get it? Well, I guess we could fabricate a, just a crochet hook cap that just fits on the top. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. They could be interchangeable. So you can have different sizes of crochet hook. Wow. Okay. This, this is a good idea. Easy peasy. The next hobby pencil will be a knitter's pencil. I love it. I'm dedicated. Oh, yeah. You can design what like the, the body of it looks like. Ooh, okay. We can do your colors. We can do your handwriting can be the text on it. That would be cute. Anyway, I'm getting carried away. Yep. <laughs> It'll be fun. It'll be awesome. Yeah. I love it. Cool. Well, I feel like we've sort of covered everything mm -hmm. that we had planned to talk about. Does anybody have anything else they wanted to talk about? Not particularly. We covered a lot of ground, like a lot. No. We have a, a box of my diary coming topic. out. <laughs> I'm really interested in that. Um, I don't really drink anymore, but I would gift that to everyone I know. <laughs> Absolutely. So... Actually, a, a tea journal would be cool, too. Yeah, a tea journal would be good. Because I I, buy, I love buying tea when I'm traveling. Not anything fancy, just, like, at a supermarket in another country. I'm really interested in, like, the different flavors they have. Or I wish – one thing I wish existed is a box of, like, Lipton tea. Because Lipton does a lot of weird flavors for other countries. I wish mm -hmm. to even have a box of Lipton tea that's like one tea bag from every country that Lipton develops flavors for. Like I a little like world tour of Lipton tea. That would be so fun. Um, but yeah, all these like, oh, yeah, you can always get like weird flavored teas in other places. And I love them and always give them away when I come home. I only save a couple for myself and I just give them away to everyone I know. Or it's a fun thing to like mail in a letter. Mm -hmm. I'm like writing about my trip and I'm like, oh, here's the passion fruit tea I drank. Um, but totally same, totally same. And I'm also really interested when I travel to in other countries, especially as to like what their regular generic breakfast tea is. Like I'm, I'm yeah. so much more interested in like, what is the flavor of everyone's breakfast here than like trying something like super exotic, which I do too, but yeah. I love that about tea. That's the best part of traveling is going to the supermarket and seeing what like their normal is. I yes. love it. Really my favorite part of learning about another culture. Yep. Yeah. Well, cool. This was awesome. Thank you so much. Um, um, I will go through where to find everybody. Well, I'll start. Um, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter as well. A P P T desk. Or on the internet at wellappointeddesk.com. Caroline? Um, you can find me on Twitter at CW Pencils and on Instagram at CW Pencil Enterprise or my personal Instagram, which is Lady Graphite. And of course, your CWPencils.com? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's our website. Okay. <laughs> And uh, this is Andy saying you can find me professionally at baronfig.com on all social media as baronfig. And personally, I'm on everything as Andy Tallarico, A-N-D-I-T-A-L-A-R-I-C-O, and the podcast Astro Lushes. 
Awesome. You can find the podcast at erasable.us and you can find the show notes and the audio for this episode at erasable.us backslash 115. Thank you both so much for being on this episode and thanks to the guys for letting us pull this April Fool's joke. (laughs) Happy April Fool's. (laughs) Happy April Fool's.